Welcome back, punchy pals, to the world of punches and popcorn. And your couch potato ninjas have been gone a long time. Maybe we were searching high and low for the Western New York Kumite. Maybe we were eating chicken wings. Maybe we were chasing children. Whatever we were doing, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that we're back. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Oh, we're back, and there is no better way for us to come back than uh, arguably the greatest action movie of, I don't even know if it's arguably, at least of the 21st century. That's right, we're starting back with the martial art of gun-fu in the 2014 classic John Wick. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm so ready for this. So yes, ready for absolutely. this. Absolutely, me too. This, we, is, this is a big moment. It, this is big, and you know, and I'm glad. So you may have guessed if you just heard the uh, uh, chirp from our buddy here. Um, we have a special guest tonight, uh, and we've all been gone so long. I feel like we all have to introduce ourselves to each other again. Like it, this has been a while, guys. So let me let me get into that quick again. I'm your host, Mike uh, Huntone. I and yeah. Let's, we also have with us, yeah, really smooth. Again, going good, is, going good. Is, yeah, yeah, this is great. Uh, I also have with us the genius, Jason Bills. I'm just here to um, maybe not kill strangers, but annoy strangers so I don't annoy the ones I love. <laughs> this is wonderful, yes. Uh, and of course, our illustrious professor, Dr. Dominic the Walking Weapon de Moray. Who are you people? Like, <laughs> do I need to sign a waiver? Like, what's going on here? At this point, yes. <laughs> And we are very excited to have not just guesting with us, but actually hosting with us or hosting us, our great friend, Chris Lindstrom of the Food About Town podcast, who is hosting us. We're recording this in the uh, impressive, redone Food About Town studio. Chris, this is really nice in here. It's beautiful. This is the, the brand new Food About Town studio. We have a brand new table put in here. Well, new to me anyways. Uh, but yeah, we're, uh, this is all professional and crazy now. So it's uh shock and awe. Anytime somebody comes in here, I want them to, uh, look at me and say, why in the hell do you have this set up in your house? And pretty, pretty consistently that's been the case. It worked on me, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. We have a bunch of different shows, uh, on the lunch at podcast network recording out of the studio, uh, including Food About Town, uh, the new show Just Can't Not with myself and Matt Knotts. Oh, nice. what? We're, nice. we're going to be interviewing uh, people, bringing people together in Rochester and all over. What? Which is a whole bunch of fun. And then we have, oh. uh, yeah, we have Behind the Glass. We have Level Up Coffee podcast recording out of here. So nice. this is Holy becoming cow. a thing. Seriously. Munchador. Wow. It's wow. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's marvelous. We'll make sure on the way out we'll... Hit those up again because there's a lot of great shows. And again, this is a beautiful studio. Appreciate I, that. You know, when you said that you were revamping these studios, I had really mixed feelings because I, you know, we had some great moments. And I yeah, mean, we hosted sure. the Sklar Brothers in this room, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I liked the when it was. I, I wouldn't even call it grody because it was still like a million times nicer than anything I've ever recorded on. Yeah, but it, you know, <laughs> it's just the old one I thought of is. Uh, which I know you really loved, Chris, when I we did. dubbed it Studio Bogota. <laughs> and I'm like, now I, I guess this is like, is this Studio Miami? Yeah, I, this is, I mean, this... Yes. You know, maybe big, Monaco. This the, might be Studio Monaco. The the big thing, like, you know, if we ever have, if we ever have big time guests, like, it went well and it sounded great. Like, hey, you, I mean, you guys did such a good job on that episode, you know, with the Squars and they were just, they were just gold the whole time. Yes. But you know what? 
I if I if we have another guest here, I want them to be blown away with what we're doing, and that's what we have done here. Um, which, by the way, who wasn't blown away by John Wick? Yes, I was just I mean, about come to bring. On. I mean, what you know, transition. one one. Wow. I can only imagine that like this just has to be great podcast audio content. To listen oh. to three guys talk about a studio that you cannot see. <laughs> so if you're still with us, yeah, let's. <laughs> we're back, and we'll get back to John. For the Wayne record, again. for the record, I'm not in the studio. I have no idea what they're talking about. So for everyone else in the audience, I'm with you. What the hell, guys? Let's get moving. Come on, come on. Uh, yeah, so we are back, and again, we are a movie that I really don't think needs any intro, but I'm hoping that our genius... The, the genius, <laughs> man, again, it, it's rusty. Uh, our genius will hit us up and start us off introing into this epic film with a little Gospel of the Guillotine. Okay, hopefully I can keep this quick. Um, so basically, think about Gospel of the Guillotine this episode as basically an Oscar acceptance speech. We need to thank a lot of cinematic influences that gave us this movie. So we're quickly going to run down who we're happy about or who we thank for giving us this movie. So uh, the directors, Chad Stilinski and David, I think it's Leitch, are students so. of cinema in a big way. I thought they were just, you know, when I first watched John Wick, I thought they were just sort of like badass stunt coordinators turned directors of great action movies, and that's more than enough, honestly. I was super happy with that. But then something happened, to me at least, when I was watching John Wick 2, the beginning, they have a uh, a shot of Buster Keaton's um, Sherlock Jr., and I was just like, that's random but then the more i thought about it the more it, it absolutely made perfect sense like if you think about it like in terms of american cinema buster keaton is sort of like our first action star and making that hundred year mm. link to john wick is is kind of a beautiful thing because they're both like dealing with like outlandish set pieces huge kind of action also risking their lives like keanu's doing that buster was doing that you know a century ago and it's kind of a beautiful thing so that's sort of led me down the path of um, what else, um, who else should we thank for this? So obviously Buster Keaton's huge. Um, then we also have to thank 1969's The Wild Bunch. Uh, oh, with yes. Sam Peckinpah directed oh, yeah. that. And why that was huge for the action movie genre is that was the first time, at least in like Hollywood, big studio films, blood squibs were used. And so all of a sudden you had these ultraviolet slow motion blood bursts you know, coming out of people's chests in their wardrobe. And before 69, if someone was shot on film, you wouldn't even, like, get a hole in their wardrobe because the wardrobe department didn't want, like, clothes ruined. So the person would, or the actor would just fall down. Yep. And they're like, oh, okay, I guess he got shot and he's dead now. Um, at best, you maybe got a red dot on a wardrobe that they could bleach out after the fact. So Wild Bunch is huge for starting this. So we have to thank, we have to thank Sam Peckinpah oh, for yeah. John Wick. Quickly, One of my faves. Definitely. Next is... Uh, Steve McQueen, uh, oh. he was actually a, a big, um, yes. I listened to the director's commentary, and um, Steve McQueen was huge, not only for like the muscle cars and movies like Bullet, but also his wardrobe. Uh, McQueen was famous for wearing his like turtleneck, but also making it like cool and suave, um, so much so that John Wick wears a turtleneck towards the end in one of his final battles. And uh, I love this, the directors call it a tactical neck, uh, which <laughs> is such a nice touch. So we have to thank Steve McQueen, uh, and also the director of Bullet, Peter Yates, for giving us John Wick. The yes. influences they're wearing on their sleeve, and it's beautiful. Next, quickly, uh, Sergio Leone and oh, the Spaghetti yes. Westerns, specifically the Man With No Name trilogy. Clint Eastwood's character in those movies was always very calm, collected, very quiet. 
We also don't know much about his past. This is all directly direct influences here with, with John Wick. So thank you, Sergio Leone. Yes. And then we also need to think about Eastwood, Clint Eastwood, and Dirty Harry movies. Um, the, the Dirty Harry films are basically about a badass who always went over the line to get things done. Uh, maybe not like like moralistically fantastic, but in terms of action cinema, it was a beautiful thing. Also, he had a giant cannon of a, sh- a, sh- a gun. So thank you, Clint Eastwood, and also the director, uh, Don Siegel, for that. Also, thank you, uh, Akira Kurosawa, uh, another influence on this film. Uh, especially like the last fight um, with Vigo in the rain. That was specifically out of the Kurosawa playbook. Um, elements of nature and weather to spice things up. Kurosawa loved that stuff. Wind, storms, rain, smoke. So thank you for Kurosawa, for John Wick. Uh, and then, of course, Hong Kong action cinema, our focus of this podcast. Letting actors also happen to be athletes or very well trained to do action in camera. No quick cuts, no extensive shaky cam uh, it's it's fantastic. I remember in um, Jackie Chan's The Young Master from 1980, it feels like they just, I think it's the final um, battle, uh, but they, they almost set the camera up like a distance from the actors, made sure they were in frame, and it feels like they walked away. It, it, it's breathtaking. Just these physically gifted actors not caring what happens to their bodies, uh, giving the audience these visceral, unparalleled thrills. It, I mean, it doesn't get better than Hong Kong action cinema. So thank you, Hong Kong action cinema. And so there's a ton, there's a ton more. I won't bore anymore because I want to hear the rest of us, <laughs> the rest of the guys talk. But uh, quickly, um, we got to thank John Woo, not basically 1980s John Woo, oh, yeah. uh, absolute influence, film noir, the genre as a whole, lots of moody lighting, shady characters, the urban setting, and and of course uh, comic books, graphic novels. Thank you all of that content for giving giving us John Wick. The directors Chad and David you know, take their action movie influences and uh, basically revise them in their own gumbo to get and mixed all together, giving us this gift. So um, that is the gospel of the guillotine. That's wonderful. That's what, and a lot of that connected to, so a book I have sitting next to me that I highly recommend if you want to dive into the world of John Wick and some of the things that Jason just shared with us, uh, this book I got actually at New York Comic Con last year with the doctor called They Shouldn't Have Killed His Dog, The Complete Uncensored Ass-Kicking Oral History of John Wick, Wick Gunfu, and the New Age of Action. Uh, by Edward Gross and Mark Altman. And they so you mentioned a lot of the things that Jason said. You know, big one is John Wick, you know, when we talk about uh, John Wick and for us a martial arts podcast and gun fu, like John Woo is basically the father of gun fu. So that's that direct descent. The other two that I just wanted to call out quickly, and then I you know, really want to get it in here, everybody's thoughts on this film. But the other two that they really called out as heavily influenced that were kind of surprising to me were Die Hard and Lethal Weapon, nice. that they said that, that, you know, and it kind of uh, almost to its detriment, I think, goes like a little too long in the background in the book. But talk about how, the, you know, the action movies in the 80s, all the ones, you know, that we love and we've talked about with, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger and Stallone and Van Damme, for the most part, it's all these like big muscle bound guys and everything's big and extreme. Mm-hmm. And Die Hard and Lethal Weapon kind of changed the game for action movies in that they're more like ordinary guys. Yeah. And even though like John, and that's a direct line here that, uh, yes, I mean, John Wick isn't ordinary. He's friggin' uh, fantastic with his gun, yes. right? But he's not like, again, Keanu isn't someone that's imposing and right, right. all that. So it's really cool to see. And it is like, the more you look at this movie, just the influences, you know what? I'm sure we'll come back to this again, but I don't want to, Go on and on about, again, that was wonderful, Jason, excellent. If any of those movies or directors that 
uh, that Jason has mentioned you haven't seen, please do because they're oh those are yes. you were just kidding me because those are like all my favorite things. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you got so John Wick. Let's uh, let's let's jump into it. I want to hear what are your thoughts on. I know for none of us, this is our first time. This is none of our first time watching it. Probably not even our fifth time watching it. Um, what does John Wick mean to you? Oh, I mean, th- this. I, I looked at my count of plays. I, I'm at I'm at about twenty. Oh my god! As nice. probably probably a conservative estimate. Um, I, I think this is this is right near the top of one of my absolute favorite movies. Um, I think this this might define the style of film that I love the most, which is somebody who is the best. Uh, they were out. Uh, due to extraordinary circumstances, they are pulled back in, yeah. and they have to kill everybody. <laughs> um, that is like my favorite genre of movie, uh-huh. and this might be the best version of it. You know, it was kind of the Taken genre for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah you're right. And now it is defined by it is John Wick is the oh, is yeah. the style. I'm very happy about that. I yes. mean, like you know, the Equalizer. Would you know the you know the Denzel Equalizer? Yep. Yeah. definitely counts. You know, oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Rambo. One, you know, First yeah. Blood counts. Oh, yeah. uh, th- this might be the best version of that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Great. it's so perfectly done with the least amount of words possible. Oh yeah, and it just makes me just makes me so happy watching it every oh. time. Yeah. You know, another movie I might put in that category that connects with one of the names Jason brought up earlier. Much less violent, uh, which many films are much less violent than this. But I might put the Unforgiven, which is another one of my favorites. Okay, yeah. Um, that's similar, Definitely. like coming back, and I mean, they're by the by the end, like bodies are dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and there's 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 so many different ones. I have a I have a whole list going of that. Oh, that's maybe awful. like in twenty or maybe 10, 20 years, we will get John Wick Unforgiven version. <laughs> yeah. So other versions uh, that definitely count would be like. Uh, so I think Shooter counts. Kill Bill oh, yeah. counts. Yep. Yes. Yep. So Kill Bill under siege. Yep. I think yep. he's out. He's yep. not trying to be a fighter. Right. <laughs> I think he's out. Um, taken, obviously. First yep. Blood, First Blood Part 2. Yep. Rambo, Rambo Last Blood. All of those count. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan, good yep. example. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Foreigner. Um, Jackie Chan movie. is an old man. Such I don't know if I've seen that movie. one. Yeah. It's really good. He's so a good. bit of a problem nowadays, but really good. Yes. Right. Um, Harry Brown with... Uh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's a great one. That's really good. Kane. Uh, yeah. Commando kind of counts. Yeah, yes it does. Yeah, eh, Born Two counts. Yep, not one because one he's not technically out. He's got he's, am- he's got amnesia. Yes, he's not right. out. Yeah. Yes, he's not pulled in out of extraordinary. He's because he's got amnesia. Right, he's right. Um, two is two. that's definitely the revenge. Right. Yeah, Commando. Uh, uh, Born Two. Uh, the new one, Sisu. Oh, which, I've still got to see that. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I've heard it's awesome. What there? One of the scenes in there might be the best. It's one of the most extreme graphic action scenes I've oh, ever oh, seen. Right. And I'm telling you, when I saw this scene, I just like, I just like, I can't believe <laughs> they're this creative. Oh. They came up with this. See, so good. This is how good John Wick is that we have like basically dipped our toes into talking about this movie. Yes. Several times. And we're just blown into this entire exactly, world because yes. so, it really has blown the doors off of. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, yeah. so like I, I think, like I said, my favorite part is how little, how few words are said by him, mm-hmm. and how impactful everything that happens around him, mm-hmm. and how the movie sets itself up 
so well because it never tips. Right. It never tips until everything just blows up in his glorious, you know, torrent of violence. Right. And until then, it's only giving you little drips, little drops. It didn't tip right away mm-hmm. yeah. that he is, you know, this machine. Right. right. They yeah. didn't tip until until they did, and then they just opened the door. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the, that I think that's why this, this is a special movie is because everything's about opening doors enough to get you excited, to get you to really love it. Yeah. Yep. But it's not mired in details. Yes. And that's, it's so much fun. Yes. Yep. Yep. And I mean, like, just like, you know, we're, you know, all the, you know, the mourning in the beginning, like you actually believe he's mourning. Yeah. It's very grounded. And he's, it is a grounded movie in so many ways. It's not so fantastical. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, he's not perfect, he's not excellent for the whole thing. He's out of practice. Yes. Yep. Maybe not with shooting the gun out of practice, but hand-to-hand <laughs> combat out of practice. <laughs> right. And it, it's, you know, you really get all of that stuff. And the buildup is a little slower than you'd expect for a movie like this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, that's the exciting part. Like, you know, uh, like nobody copied that really well, that slow build until. Right, that that's another uh, Chad, Chad Stahelski yeah, I think he he did that right. I know. Yeah, he did. Yep. It's between him and then David Leach. I get confused which one because I know like David Leach. I think it might have been David Leach in that one. He but. did because I know he did Bullet Train. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. There, I think it's eight seven productions. Is their group that it's like eight seven one one or something? Something yeah. like that. I, I should. Have, I'll I'll have that later in the. But that chat, that one yes. that one was also a very good version. I've of heard. This. I gotta see that. Oh oh, oh my yeah, god! It's so yeah, I've heard it's great. Oh, I mean, I love Bob Odenkirk. So. Yeah, we're gonna watch that for sure. Okay. Excellent. Um. Yeah. I mean, I could go through every detail. I've got notes. Um. But. <laughs> Well, yeah, before like, you get into your notes, I was going to say Dom. Right? I wanna, yeah, yeah I want to hear Dom. Come on, I, Dom. I know you got something good here. Okay, so so I'm not as much of a cinephile as you guys. I thought I was, but not even close. <laughs> Especially now, uh, with two kids, my brain is a fried potato. But John Wick is tied, in my opinion, is tied for the best action movie of the 20 teens. The other tie is Mad. The other, the it's tied with Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. But those movies oh, are yeah. so different That's that I think company, they can yeah. both coexist. Right. Um, what I love about John Wick is, uh, I don't know, essentially, uh, so three things. One, I love the set pieces. I feel the set pieces in this movie are great. I, I don't know if the director is an architect file, but geez, like All that so house? He uses, so, so like some interesting things. So... John Wick's house is is a set piece that they really utilize well. Um, not only from the standpoint of he uses it to fight well, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got architecture books laying around. Like, for example, uh, he's got a book of Alvaro Siva, which is, who's a Portuguese architect. Um, they use the skyline of New York City yep. a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's not like... It's not like... Um, uh, what's his name? Who directed Transformers? The first oh, one. Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. It's not that Michael Bay over the top swinging around drone crap. It's used right. very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hotel, that flat iron building on Beaver Street. Yep. It's gorgeous. Yep. Um, the red circle is Surrogate's Court, uh, which yep. is in the Lower East Side. Yep. Um, beautiful churches. Yep. Like the movie is great to look at. And I think that helps with the slow burn mm-hmm. yeah. because 
while you're taking in the character development, you're also entertained by the environment. Mm -hmm. It's a real good use of set pieces. Um, the second thing about this movie I love is the catharsis. Like, I watched, um, we'll talk about revenge movies, arguably the most famous revenge movie out there, in my opinion, is Death Wish. Oh, and, yeah. like, Death Wish is an interesting movie. I actually found it to be a little disappointing because it's about a guy whose family is brutalized by um, Jeff Goldblum, etc. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Mo Jeff mostly Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Like... <laughs> mostly Jeff Goldblum. So it's, uh, he's, yeah. it's, I, I see him as mid-fly transformation. Yeah. I, I blame <laughs> it on almost that. I blame it on Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then he just goes out and shoots poor people. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's, it is very 70s, and it, it feels yeah. like, you know... At the time, I, I I think there was more room in people's minds for gray area. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to things like, you know, it, it felt, rewatching it, it felt like falling down in many ways. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have, oh, I, like, I have, I had sympathy for Charles Bronson in the beginning. And of course, when a terrible thing happened. But after a while, I'm just like, dude, what are you just walking around trying to get mugged so you can shoot like, people? Yeah, like, yeah. Social commentary. In the same he's like, a little bit, like Punisher is not my favorite superhero for that reason. He's, he's a little much, you know. Yeah. But John Wick, man, I'll tell you, like <laughs> when that dog dies, you're just like, fuck those guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kill them all. So my, I watched it with my wife and I told her, I'm like, listen, and she's 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 a vegetarian. She's an animal lover. She fosters dogs. Uh, I have a lot of respect for all that. Uh, I really do. And I told her, I'm like, she's like, I'm like, we should watch John Wick. I hear it's awesome, but I hear that there's some animal abuse in it. So the dog dies, and mm -hmm. she's very upset, and I'm very upset, and everyone's very upset, upset exactly. right? Yeah. But I'll tell you, after that. Every time someone got shot, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll never forget the reaction she had. Because she's not a, like a, like an action movie buff. When uh, Theon Greyjoy gets shot, you know, and he doesn't even get to speak. He just shoots him, shoots yes. him in the belly, then he walks up oh, to him and shoots him in the face. The she stands oh. up and yells at the screen and goes, yeah, don't even let that fucker speak. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Side note, so happy. Bookmark. Sorry. We have to come back in our discussion to talk about how perfect all the casting is, oh, yes. and yeah. that, that they picked yeah. Theon Greyjoy yeah. for that. Don't don't, but, don't but, derail me. I yeah, still got yeah. another thing. We go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just bookmark. So We're anyway, come back to the that. catharsis of this movie. There's something about killing the dog. And I remember, I remember when I was talking to other people about it. It's like it's not that he killed his dog. It's that it was his wife's final gift, and yada yada yada. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm sure. But you know what? If someone killed my dog, I would slaughter oh, yeah. their, all those people too. Like, I, come on, anyone right. who's owned a dog is like, yeah. dude. Well, no. and I mean, and that, and that, you know, they did such a good job because they could have made it more graphic, mm. right? Every and all, all the all the graphicness of the film, you know, they've paid it off, right? They paid off and they justified it through everything. Yeah. It's but, not an exploitation film. It's not gratuity. No. Yeah. It's not gratuity. Like, like I have no problem with exploitation. I respect exploitation. And I don't like it when exploitation movies are branded as non-exploitation movies. Right. But this movie is not an exploitation nope. movie. I think everything is earned, and like just as you said. Which brings me to my third point. Uh, I don't even like calling it gun-fu. But the fighting in this movie is 
the so as you know i'm a, pr a practitioner of judo and jujitsu and i feel it's a very practical martial art mm -hmm. at a gun it's perfect clearly because what john wick does i was watching that movie and i'm like because the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, judo, judo, judo. But I actually paused after every time he threw someone. And he is actually doing repeated, very simple, or I shouldn't say simple, very basic judo techniques the whole time. But very effective. But he's, he's linking them with gunshots. And it and it's perfect. Like I or, mean, I, And I, linking I, it with jujitsu, too. So he'll do yeah. the throw, and then he'll do... Yeah. He'll control and then go right into the gunshot. It's like yeah, all it's basics, wonderful. but super effective. So effective. Yeah, and well, basics basics are basics because they work. I mean, one of the one of the things we always talk about at jujitsu class is, you know, don't forget your basics. Sometimes you just have to go over the basics. Like we ran over our basic armbar from guard recently, and it's just like, oh, I kind of have been getting sloppy with this and i i like made a list of things and it was all very it wasn't hard to identify it like uh in his house when he's attacked he armed so so one of the things he does that's great is when a guy he he always goes forward he never like so one of the issues i wouldn't call it an issue but one of the stylistic choices that traditional kung fu movies make and the shaw brothers movies and the uh even even the great movies with you know bruce lee they all do this they all do something very similar they have the protagonist and he stands there and he waits typically it's a he he waits and then an antagonist comes at him and he does something cool like bruce lee stands there in right. his awesome stance someone comes over and goes Wah! and he punches him Wah! He punches him, and another couple guys, what the, you know. And in other movies, it's like they show up to the dojo, and there's other people, and there's one at a time, bang, 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 bang. And it's very much the antagonist comes towards you, typically yells and screams, goes ah, and then runs towards you, and you beat the shit out of him. John Wick, and this makes sense because there's guns involved. What John Wick does is he goes forward the whole time and he mm -hmm. intercepts his enemies. So he goes in and he'll go for gunshots as much as he can from far away. And then he'll go in to either shoot the guy or disarm them, throw them, and then shoot them. And he's always going forward. So he attacks everyone. He's the attacker. And that makes for a really interesting movie. Actually, I'd say the only other movie that kind of does that was The Raid, but still because yeah. like he's outnumbered he's in a really nasty situation yeah, but floor. like for example when he's attacked the house we go the people go in the house he shoots 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 shoot, shoots a bunch of guys then he grabs a guy arm drags him to to demobilize the gun to take the gun away and then he does the first judo move i ever learned ipon sayanagi which is the one on shoulder throws the guy over shoots him and then he shoots a guy in the gut and does a tomanagi which is where he rolls back and he throws him through the window um he does a bunch of standing katagurumas. Katagurumas is a fireman's car, and he throws them over to the counter. Uh, let's see. Uh, he does an Osoto Gary, which is just a trip, and then he stabs the guy. You know that slow stab that he oh, does? Yeah. Well, it's subtle, but he does this really great trip beforehand. Um, and he does an underarm Kushiguru. Rumo, which I love. Uh, he goes to the back of the and then he shoots the guy in the back of the head. Does a takedown to mount to S mount, and then he shoots the guy. Kushigaruma to a shot. Makakumi to a backwards roll. Kataguruma. <laughs> uh, oh, and um, also, what's her name? Mrs. Um, Perkins. 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 Yep. Does a bunch of good judo too. She does a Kataguruma. Um, 
and then does a cheap shot to his wound. Um, attempts a Katagaruma, uh, attempts a Kimura lock, just a Jitsumu. She attempts one of those, but he manages to get out of it. Goes to back mount to remake a Troke, then transitions to a Crucifix, and then more cheap shots, uh, and more cheap shots and more elbows, and then he throws her out the window. Uh, when he's taken hostage, he does a clinch to a fall to a to an armbar, just straight up jujitsu. He does what I thought was really cool. He does a lapel choke from the back. But he doesn't use lapels, he uses handcuffs. So normally what you would do is you would reach uh, yeah. around the guy's neck, grab the opposite lapel, and then pull yourself away from them and choke them with the lapel, right? But instead he just uses handcuffs and just, you know, chokes the guy with them. But he uses the same physics to create the force. And then he does another Katagaruma and he flips the guy. By the way, Katagaruma is a, a fireman's carry. He does a lot of fireman's carries, but they're not very obvious because they're quick. Right. He just wants to take the guy down and then he shoots him. Um, that is every move that I knew that I saw. There were a couple <laughs> of Kido moves I didn't know the name of and I didn't have time to look them up. But yes, these are all moves. These uh, right. are all the legit. only other, yeah, the only other move that I wrote down was uh, at the at the Red Circle when uh, John Wick gets uh, attitude adjustmented off the off the second floor. That's a professional wrestling move. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, so- a testament to the to the one. This is some of the best martial arts fighting i've seen in any movie i did not there was only a couple times when i had to suspend my disbelief concerning the fighting there's yeah. a couple things where you suspend your disbelief concerning the plot and i don't think that takes away from the movie it's a movie uh like for example i mean let's face it once they get him they get all batman villainy on him they tie him up they have a conversation the main bad guy walks out tune in next week oh batman get out of this one i'm like you should have shot him right then the second he went unconscious you should have literally cut his head off because you never know he might grow another one like like that was i was like what are you doing yeah but like aside from that but like i don't care it was fine it was it's a it's a it's it's a wonderful movie and does so many things right. And it's just a spectacle. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so if we're starting with cast, I mean, we've got, we've got so many great people in this from, so so obviously Keanu kills it in this movie. This is like a definitive resurgence Mm -hmm. and has become a, like a phenomenon from this movie again, mm-hmm. you know, for like the third time in his career. Yeah. Right. That's see, that's crazy. When I thought about this, I'm like, okay, so, you know, he was big in the eighties is, you know, the teen and, you know, Bill and Ted's and all that point break, which is one of my like favorite actions of the, I think that's eighties, right? Yeah. Early nineties, early nineties, yeah. uh, you know, and then he kind of disappeared and then the matrix came back and that's really with his connection here. Uh, Chad, uh, Chad, the director, was his stunt double in the first Matrix, and then he was the stunt coordinator for the next two Matrix movies. So that's where Keanu developed the the relationship with them. And I'm like, oh, the Matrix came, and that was huge. And that was like the first time, like, oh yeah, Keanu Reeves, like he's also he's not just like a funny teenager, like he's a he's an action star. Mm-hmm. And right, and then he kind of it got quiet again. And then 2014, this comes out, and boom. Again, well, absolutely. I would also like to say that, like, I gained some respect for Keanu Reeves because, As you like, said. I love The Matrix. The Matrix is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but I always noticed that Keanu Reeves he does best when he looks really, really confused. 
times. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, whoa. And, I, I, and even after The Matrix came out, I said to myself, I said to people, I was like, I like Keanu Reeves, but let's face it, he's not a good actor. And I said that a <laughs> bunch of times. Honestly, John Wick changed my mind. I, I think, think he's oh, yeah. a lot. Like, he's yeah. anything yeah. but perplexed really him a He looks, he I mean, he's stoic. Like, that's, right. he does stoicism really well. Yes. It's not like he's got a huge range of emotions that he shows, which is not a bad thing. No, I no. think um, he's I also... Want, someone once compared him to as the modern-day Gregory Peck, which I'm hmm. like, that's... Okay. That's a big statement. But I'm like, yeah, he, he has this kind of stoicism to him that this movie shows his range because he is, like driven it helps too that he gets to show his physicality here too Mm because that is a big part of his acting it's his physical Mm -hmm. prowess it's it's on full display and absolutely you're gonna get right on board with him as as soon as you see him do some jujitsu yeah so i mean we we get kicked off right away with you know with keanu with you know seeing flashbacks of bridget moynihan who plays a great dead wife (laughs) she really does great dead wife in this um and like not there's like almost a whole nothing that she's in it Mm-hmm. But like completely echoes the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. We oh, yeah. we get we get these starting to get these little tips. I mean, we get, you know, after after he, you know meets the bad guys at the uh, at the gas station, we get to see Alfie Allen, who's uh, who is the um, petulant Reek. the petulant child of gangster Michael Reek. Nyquist. Reek. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we get to we get to meet Willem Dafoe at a funeral, who's you know, a mysterious character. Um, you know, we get, uh, you know, we get to meet, uh, who's the, who's the other guy? Uh, Toby Leonard Moore, who's in billions. Uh, he's the bad Russian accent. Yep. One of the bad Russian accent guys. Um, but there's a bunch of people from the wire in this. Oh, you got, Oh, what's his name? Who the Lance Reddick. Oh yeah. Lance Reddick's in it. And also the guy who, uh, has to watch miss Perkins and meets an untimely death. Oh, Harry. He's also in the wire. wire As well. Yeah. Don't forget John Leguizamo. Oh, Leguizamo killed it. That's like, Oh yeah. Like in his two minute. Oh yeah. Shane too. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that was like one of my favorite, I mean, there's so many great moments in this, but one of my favorite moments that like just underscores the whole, like, the dog. I feel like we need to talk about the dog or dude. Oh yeah. Is so that, like he has Leguizamo is has that phone call with Michael Nyquist and he says like you know, calls him because he just found out he slugged his son. Yeah. And he's like, Why'd you do that? He's like, uh, he killed John Wick's dog and his response is just, Oh. Yeah. I love that out. part. I yes. love it. Yeah. So I, I, was like, I, I heard you struck my son. Right. <laughs> I, I can intone half this damn movie. <laughs> so that, I, That's a nice jacket. <laughs> I read in the book I mentioned before, there's a scene that I don't know if they filmed it and took it out or it was just one that was in the script originally that I wish they had. That would it. So when Theon Greyjoy, Elfie Allen, takes the car to the chop shop there, there was a scene that like when he pulls in, There'd be like two big, like buff, basically bouncers, you know, bodyguards at the door, and that they would look at like when the car looks in, they look at the car, look at each other, and just get up and walk away. I love that. And I was like, that that would have been friggin' awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Leguizamo scene was awesome though, where he's just like, yeah. no, I this this is not what's happening, right? And like, no, I'm I'm hitting you, and I'm <laughs> right. calling your dad. He's like, he's gonna understand. I'm like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah, this is, and it's like everything, like we're talking about the build, but all those scenes, right. From, you know, the mysterious Defoe, you know, him talking to those guys speaking in yep. Russian, yep. you know, getting that Leguizamo thing. You're like, wait a second. 
like Leguizamo, like he's this serious about this. Like these guys are killing people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, we're not even talking right. about this. Right. And you get that call and he just says nothing. He's like, oh, and it's just that ramp up of like, how bad of a guy is John Wick? Yeah. Right. And then we get the oh, yeah. baddest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I think the then we get the baseball bat to the head. Oh, you know, yeah. You know, he gets the baseball bat to the head, you know, the trail of blood. I mean, that I think if we're talking about the dog scene, it's, yes, you hear the squeal of the dog, but it's the after scene when you see the trail of blood oh, going yes. to John Wick. Right. We're like, oh, the last thing the dog did was I, oh, yeah, drag, it's drag its mangled corpse over to John I, Wick. Oh, that's the part that gets me every <laughs> time. Is right. Mm. It's the trail of... Of oh. gore mm-hmm. over to him, like the dog. <laughs> like you know, if you're a dog person, uh, you know, th- yeah. this, these are the things that like you love about dogs. You're like, oh, I totally believe like a dog would do this. That they're like, even though I have like nothing left in me, that dog is coming over to you because they're freaking amazing. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then so like after after that scene, we're going into like you know he brings his son in, and he says like. Still one of my favorite lines. That's a nice jacket. And then he just punches him in the guts and he throws up on the ground like uh-huh. a little bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it just makes me so happy every time. And I'm, I, I've got the lines written down. It isn't what you did that angers me so. It was who you did it to. Who, is that nobody? <laughs> that fucking nobody is John Wick. And, it's like, and I'm like, oh my God. And every time, you know, the three men in the bar with a pencil. And during that scene... It's just the base of him slamming the right. cement with a sledgehammer. Right, right. And you're like, oh. Baba Yaga. Oh. Baba Yaga. And it's like, it could oh, have been all comedy. Fun with fonts, too. Can yeah. I just bring that oh, up? Yeah. Every... So fun good. Fun with font. I really, like, I was really happy with, they didn't just do subtitles. They had them, like, fly in and float in. Well, that, and I'm there's like, so much style in this movie, right? Yes, like, yes. there's so much visual. And you're right. Like, that, even the font. Like, it's, you get the they color. They built this style. Right. The style, the different ways that they wash. Like, you know, in the beginning, it's all this gray wash that just builds into, uh, I mean, uh, even before all that, the our little, the action movie up intro <laughs> like you get that little montage that I is to me is it's right up there with up and that you have this basically five minute silent scene that and that begins the movie and it absolutely crushes your soul yeah. and it's perfect for this because then when you get to the dot like you're already you you know we talked about like putting the pieces together well and they cut that so well enough they give you the pieces to understand the story and immediately emotionally connect again just like why I love up because they within five minutes buy you into this man's entire life and you are immediately emotionally connected to him. And they do this in here in a Keanu action movie. I really enjoy that scene in Up, you know, where, where Ed Asner goes to the island, and he just starts, you know, you know, judo throwing all the animals around. <laughs> and, like, he pulls out a cane knife, cane that, sword, and keeps on, stabbing, up. <laughs> keeps on stabbing and slashing all the animals. It's just, what, what a delight. But it's, it was the, a treat. it's the opposite, actually. So instead of being revenge for killing a dog, he gets revenge by killing all the dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Except Doug. <laughs> Except Doug. Doug's an accomplice. Exactly. Right. Okay, okay. So I'm going to say this. The first time I saw the movie, I did not have any kids, and I was like fuck 
all them. Kill yeah. them all. I want them all to die for even knowing Theon Greyjoy. Right. But I watch it a second time. I have a lot of okay. I don't. I don't have less sympathy for John Wick. Like I still have the same amount of sympathy for John Wick. But now that I have a kid and I have two kids, I actually have more sympathy for the mob boss. What's his name again? Vigo. I'm sorry. Vigo Terrasson. Vigo. Yeah, Vigo. I have a lot of sympathy for not not overarching character. I don't have respect for him. He's a, he's a he's a mobster. Fuck him. But I do have sympathy for him for what he goes through. Because when he finds out about this, he's like, my son is dead. I and love I gotta that. Be honest with you. Yeah. I gotta be I gotta be hundred percent honest with you. I would do anything to keep my son alive, even if my son is that big of a piece of shit. Right. He's still my son. Right. And I would do anything to keep him alive. And that's what he does. Yeah. Like yeah. at this point in the movie, he's like, I'm willing to let my empire crumble, which Yeah, hundred percent does. Yeah, I think... to save my son, even though he deserves it. And then, and then, and this was very demoralizing to me when he makes the he makes the mistake of going of leaving John Wick to die to be killed, mm. and he doesn't get killed, and he holds the shotgun in his face, and he's like, "Where is your son?" He is basically killing his son right there. He's basically right. saying, "Here, go kill him." And and the reason he does this is because he's like. So what's going to happen is John Wick is going to kill me and then he's going to kill my son. Or I'm going to tell him where my son is and then he's going to kill my son and maybe I'll live. Yeah. That's the choice this man has at this point. He's like, everything has fallen apart and now I have to concede to let you kill my son. Not in order to save my life, but as the only, like, as like the only thing I can get out of this. But to your point, to your point, like as soon as that call came in from Waguzamo, he knew his son was dead. Exactly. Like that was, he's like the future. I wrote the note. He knows what's coming and he's out of it. And there is nothing he can do. And he told his son in the thing, there's nothing you can do. He's going to come for you. Mm-hmm. You will do nothing because you can do nothing. Yeah. Like it, it was, and it was he over from the try. beginning. And he, yeah. He had to try to save him. And let's give so, some praise to so, Michael Nyquist, the, the oh. actual actor playing him. Cause yeah. he is so terrific. Um, oh, he yeah. has actually passed away recently, which is a big oh, he bummer. Did? Yeah. Just like uh, Lance Reddick. We have two people yep. we need to yeah, respect yeah. our fallen seen? movie uh, heroes. Oh, but anyways, he he was also the villain oh, in the Ghost Protocol. He played Hendrix. Well, I oh, loved him in that yep. too. He was very good in that, and yeah. uh, was the uh, Swedish version the girl, of the uh, girl, the Dragon Tattoo, Dragon so Tattoo series, because yeah. they did all three movies. Those yeah. are Swedish. so good. And he's just so quirky and odd. And he could just be a standard Bond villain here, but he adds so much to this character. I, I think the biggest laugh in the movie is when uh, Keanu takes all those people out in the street and he climbs down his car, and then all of a sudden Michael Nyquist goes and he points a gun at Michael Nyquist goes. Cool, 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 cool. I, yeah. Yeah, The biggest laugh in the theater when I saw it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and like his... Right after he sells his son out. Son <laughs> yeah, down exactly right. Because yeah. right before the scene I just mentioned. Yeah. Like, the actor's idea to smoke a joint that was all his, that wasn't in the script. Like, he's just constantly doing, like, weird, quirky things, which I think add, like, around this, Dom, what you were saying, like, adds a sympathy to him because... You know, he's playing it, you know, obviously quirky and maybe over the top at times, but it, it makes him more human versus him just, like, screaming all the time. The way he, um, you know, his handler there, or I guess his, like, um, what's the, the actor's name is, like, Dean... 
Dean uh, Winters. Yes. Yeah. He, the way he handles Dean Winters is beautiful. Like, I just love their relationship. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly. He'll always be Ryan O'Reilly from Oz. Always. <laughs> yes, right. Always be Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, he's kind of like, he's kind of mayhem, mayhem, but he's always yeah. Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, I yeah. will always think of him from Oz. Or just the yeah. commercials of the, what is he, co- mayhem. insurance? Mayhem. Yeah, yeah, yeah mayhem. I forget which company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but just, just, so. Yeah. So like I I really feel Vigo's character actually does the most developing if you will because like I said he finds out John, he, his son slighted John Wick he has a, he he has to do everything in his power to not let his son die his son still dies and I guarantee and, and in my mind the reason he went and killed Willem Dafoe's character mm-hmm. He says it's because if it wasn't for you, John Wick would still be alive. I don't think he really believed that. I think that was his suicide note. I think he was saying, all right, like I'm going to get a little, I'm going to get mine in. I'm going to get a little shred of reverse revenge in, and then I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's over. I have no more empire. I have no son. All that, everyone that works for me is fucking dead. <laughs> you know, he's just like, it was, he all commi- his money too. I see him as committing suicide at the end of this movie. That After his son dies, everything he does is one glorious suicide attempt. That is why when he's driving in the car, remember, you know, Ryan O'Reilly's in the front and he's driving in the car and he's just like, do, of course, it's him. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> but, you know, everyone else is scared shitless and he's yeah. like, okay, of course, of course. Except, what did you Except expect? Ryan O'Reilly, he keeps being like, give me a gun, give me a gun. And then I like when he gets a gun, he's like, yeah. I'm like, you really, how do you think this is going to work out for you? <laughs> like, <laughs> Also, I love the way um, that, they made Vigo's like his fighting at the end. It's the finale and he's an older guy, but um, you know what I was reading about it is they actually geared that action towards more of a, you know, like he, he probably was in shape or somewhat, uh, you know, more of a badass when he was younger. So he had to kind of use some tricks and some dirty moves and also just kind of kind of use more blunt force. Cause I mean, you would think based on what you saw before, he'd have no chance against John Wick, but, but you know, he holds his own there. I mean, I think he knows it's, right. he's not going to win, uh, but he puts up a fight. And I, I think that again, this, right. the stunt coordinators that direct this movie, they, they kind of like design every fight almost as like character development. It's, For it's sure. really interesting and really like so smart in terms of the physicality of it all. Yeah. Th- this is such a tough movie to talk about because there's so many so spurs, much. so many spurs you can go down. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like, let let's just hammer through let's hammer through the plot so we can get to a couple other of those spurs. Okay. Um so we we got to the point where, you know, he's talking to his son, yep. he's punching him in his guts, and <laughs> you know, talking about killing people with pencils, and you know, then you know, they send everybody to the house. We talked about the battle in the house already. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. And it starts setting up the world where giving coins for cleanup, right. you know, the police person shows up. That's, and he's like, yeah, that's one of the best. Moment, oh, though, you're, you're working again, Mr. Wick? We haven't yeah. really talked yeah. about that, though. Is It opens yeah, up this kind of... Yeah, can we take a moment to the talk world about building. this entire it's, underworld? Yes, yeah, so as soon as that, is, that yeah. police officer sub, shows up. This entire, like, underworld culture that's yeah. set up. Because like, you, you don't expect that. That is one of the best, fanta- most fantastic, yet great things. Honestly, that, that makes us, aside from all the other things we talked about, the fact that there's an entire... There's a world built in yes, a way that right. absolutely subtle, like but very subtly. For, like I, I'm not one for ringing out world building. Like right. I'm not like I mean I like MCU Star Wars. I like a little bit less. But one of the things I dislike about all these franchises is that they take a cool idea about a world and they just ring it out too much. I feel like in this movie they're just like this is not about fleshing out this underworld. 
Yeah, it now, is a set piece. Everything's hinted at to keep yes. you interested. They mm-hmm. give you enough pieces for you to understand the basic rules of the world, mm-hmm. and it's more like for me the cool thing watching it. Aside from all this, is oh, they're telling us this secret world of assassins live out there. You get the continental and the right the coins, and you get just enough that you're like, oh, there's cool stuff here, and it'll be interesting. You know, if we were to maybe continue on this series, how Ooh. we feel about that world building as yeah. it goes into, which is going to happen with any series. Love but that teaser. but in this movie, I think they put in just enough without like, Gets oh, you I, have to, I have to understand a thousand rules. Like they give you enough rules and it's super exciting. Like it's an yes, exciting yes. world and every part of it is dripping with cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, well, you know, freaking... when, he, when he goes in, when he goes into the bar in the basement and you know, uh, Ian McShane's, you know, Winston is He's sitting so in good. his thing. He's just like, just like, how how could I ever be, like, for a moment, as cool as Winston was sitting in that booth? Oh, yeah. I read that he, he so shows up. awesome. I can't, Ian McShane can't. shows up with his own wardrobe, his own props. Like, oh, he's like a total professional. And he, of course shows. he is. Yeah, I love him And he's so just, much. And just a complete, like, you see him and you're like, I know exactly this guy. Exactly. You know, he's seen everything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. He just knows. Right. He's right. just so clean and awesome. And then we go right into, you know, oh, this was that was after. So we the red circle. Mm-hmm. So the red circle, I think, is now one of the purely legendary fight scenes. Yes. Absolutely. It is from top to bottom, you know, the pacing, you know, you get you get him meeting, you know, seeing uh Oh no, that's sorry. That no, that is after the Continental. So we got Continental. We got Lance Reddick. Um, yeah. Definitely recommend looking up the Eric Andre skit where oh wow yes. Lance Reddick. Yeah. Basically, the whole skit is. I wish it was Levar Burton. Yeah. Um, highly recommend watching that. <laughs> I'm is, not sure we can so play crazy. it. <laughs> um, it. Just makes me miss him more. Absolutely. Yeah. So you get to meet Winston. Then we go to the Red Circle. You know the the kid is being the biggest douche in the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. In in the pool. And Kevin Nash, you know, yes, outside right. jackknife, getting ready to jackknife powerbomb the line. He, uh, so that's, so his scene is one that I think these are touches they put in to help yeah. us connect to Keanu. So the, and like, and really love his character. The policeman scene was one that you're like, oh, like this cop knows him, knows what he does and just walks away. Yeah. But then he has this moment with Kevin Nash there, oh, Francis, yeah. Yeah. where like he could have just walked up to him and, you know, double tacked him behind the head but he, he you know he's go. like yep all right I'm, I'm gone and you're like oh i it, all those moments like they help you and he when you're about to watch else. this bloodbath no. happen you it allows you to be like okay he as soon has as he, a set of rules yeah. and he they're okay he didn't kill him I, okay. as soon as he gives him the opening takes off the headset walks yeah, away walks away not Beautiful. not Perfect. a second thought and um it's, it's funny to think that they used Kevin Nash for that. Like, you're right. right. You think, like, you, oh, we got Kevin Nash in this movie? Like, you're right. He's going to powerbomb someone. <laughs> no. And, like, no, Peach, yep, yep, boom, takes it off, walks away. And that's Kevin Nash. So we get an amazing scene. You know, they they pace it, too. You know, you get, you know, drowning a guy in the bathroom, you know, breaking his so neck, you know, the softer music. That's and what I was going to say. So that is one of my, that is one of my favorite parts is the music choice in the bathhouse where it's that that, that softer soft. song yeah, yeah. and it just like you don't usually hear that 
but it fits in with like everything he's doing there for the most part. It's all with the knife, so it's quiet and and just you know half of them are in their underwear. Like it's right. It's intimate in it. Like him staring the guy down while he's like choking on his own blood with a knife in his neck. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> he's, just like, he's just like right. Ugh. He's murdering all this. I don't know about you, but I'm watching. I'm like. I, I he really also has a clear shot guy. at Alfie yeah. Allen, and he doesn't take it. Yeah. 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 A giant guy stabbing him and all this stuff. And then we pivot upstairs, and you get this song, which is now, like, yes. so action. Yes. This is my jam. It's my theme song. I mean, how do you not get amped up while he's just going ham on the crowd? <laughs> Like and the crowd keeps on dancing. Nobody's scurrying. Yeah, they're all good. <laughs> they don't. They don't give a shit. And it's just like, oh my god. And we get this the whole time while all this destruction's happening, and it is beautiful. And like you know, the red and the colors and everything is just. Oh yeah. Like it's so vibrant. Yeah. Like and we're talking like now that he's back, he's everything's colorful. Yeah. And vibrant and excellent. Um, I'm gonna fade out on the song because like. We don't want to get DMCA'd. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I want to talk for that moment, that fight. I mean, and it goes with all the fights. Dom, Dom talked about this before, about all that forward action. That was something, too, that I read. Um, and I forget who, I think it was a combo. I know Jonathan, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, Eusebio is the, the stunt coordinator for this. Him and Chad and David, I mean, they're a team. They're all in the, you're right, it's 8711 mm-hmm. Productions is their oh, production company, Action Studio. Well, of course, that's why you're the genius. <laughs> but they talked about they wanted everything to be very practical mm-hmm. and uh, very fluid and believable. And and it's the one thing, like, I love watching it. And, like, I, I, res- I feel like I connect with it even more or like it even more with Dom talking about some of the moves. Like, he does things, but they aren't these, like, fantastic flying like holy cow i can't believe like this is definitely on wires like it's all practical and even one of the things and they talked about it like that they wanted everything to be believable and i do like when i watch it if you count it's every about 15 shots he stops and reloads they're like we didn't want it to be just like boom, 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 boom. and what's impressive when you do that and count that is that like he isn't firing like crazy like he it's move 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 and he will only take a shot when oh, he yeah. has when he has that like direct it's so and it's brutal. Like it's their shots that are meant to be like, not fancy, but these are to kill as quickly as that. Like they are a face shot, a heart shot, like he, point Blake. Like he's not just firing wildly and it's all this stuff is moving. And like all the, and there's a scene where like he looks and you know, you see his clips, you see one, he's, he's got two there when he runs through the second one, he's like, Oh, doesn't he throw the gun? Yeah, and exactly. So it's gun. all of it. Like, it's not just like this guy firing from the hip with this double barrel drum gun. Like, honestly, I get just as giddy when he reloads versus shooting someone. It's just it is, so yeah. beautiful. And, and, and it's slick. It's too. so fluid. Yeah. It is. Well, that was so something that. that they said, like they worked with Keanu a lot and had him train with uh, like, at a Navy SEALs or spec to show like, right. Cause he wanted to know, like I need to be able like, how would you realistically reload this? Like, how would you do it in the moment? So it does, it feels so, it's it so feels good. very real. Yeah. Can you think of another film prior to this where they were so attention to detail in terms of, okay, he, his clip is empty. You need to re like this feels, I mean, revolutionary in terms of action movie cinema. It's so beautiful. Why hasn't anyone ever considered this? I, I think Rambo two thousand eight, where he has the uh, okay. where he has the chain gun, and he's shooting for like <laughs> ten continuous minutes, 
without reloading. Yeah. And like it's it. not turning red. I think that was the one. Yeah. Where well, he's... I, can, I mean, I have a serious. I mean, I have kind of a serious, a serious answer, answer for this. I think there is this. I think what John Wick did. I think one of two things. One, people who make movies don't know what they're talking about. That mm-hmm. could be a reason. For and sure. two, and this is the one I think is, is probably more likely, is that they don't think realism is cinematic. Right. Okay, like, true. I think that's probably, and they're wrong, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it happens a lot. I think a lot of times in movies, people don't want something to be realistic. They want, they want it to be fantastic. They want to be wowed, and they don't think they can be wowed by reality. We have this, it's a, it's a, it's a human fallacy in everything. Like, we think that what is, you know, imagine, you know, like, fantasy is will always be more entertaining than reality and i can tell you as like from the standpoint that's why i like science because reality is way crazier than anything you could think of like anything you could think of like i'll never understand why people like pseudoscience because real science is even weirder (laughs) and it's the same thing with it's the same thing with movies real fighting and real warfare and real stuff if you do it right it takes a skilled hand but if you show it properly it it it, it, it's gorgeous and and that's what this movie does i think i think it took the leap and I think probably the studio was like, go nuts, I don't care. You know, or they would <laughs> yeah. just had full trust and they're like, okay, wow, it actually works. And 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 and, and now, honestly, as someone who knows one or two things about martial arts, it keeps me in it. Like right. watching the, the mm-hmm. Wuxia movies, like I, I they're not real. Like they're not real to no. me. And, and so I mean, when I see the fighting, I don't I don't get any there's, there's nothing that, that too, there's nothing though. that intellectually right. stimulates me from yeah. the fighting. It's cool. It right. moves the plot forward and sometimes it's very beautiful, but yeah. like I don't get the feeling I get right. when I'm watching John Wick and I'm like, yeah. Holy well, shit, so this would actually work. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you kinda hit on some of the so I mean, this was an independent film. Like it was distributed by Lionsgate and then, you know, the full, the sequels got the full court press, but this was like the guy that wrote it. Um, Oh, I should have Derek Kolstad. Like he basically did nothing before this and he just wrote this script. It was originally called scorn, just passing it around and Keanu got a hold of it. And Keanu's like, this is great. And he's the one that reached out to Chad and David who they were second unit directors. They were basically stunt coordinators. Like that was their career. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey guys, I think we could do something here. And because like, they're pretty much the, you know, they're bringing their own production house into it. They did all this themselves. Like they had, you know, the hardest part was once they put it all together was then getting movies, a studio to believe like, yes, Keanu can carry this. And yes, people are really going to like this movie. And, and you're right that there is that, I think it adds to the strength of this, that this is all them. Like they didn't have a big studio looking over their shoulders, you know, commenting on the dailies and all that. Like, and it's just everything in this movie has that like go for broke. There's a vision here and everyone from, you know, the actors, uh, the director, the editors, the Senate, like everything is just in, like they're going for broke on it. And it just, the, what it makes is everything that we're raving about right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing too is like, as we're progressing through the rest of the movie mm-hmm. is, you know, it probably doesn't reach the peaks of, you know, the red circle 
scenes from the rest of the movie, but everything else like completely rock solid. And also like the cool factor in like the next two scenes just goes off the chain. Yeah. Like, you know, him in the continental, like, you know, asking for painkillers, like, no, I've got that covered and just a giant glass of Blanton's yes. <laughs> like, yes. but the cool factor of Keanu starts to come in too. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, setting up, setting up the rules where it's like, oh, you're breaking hotel rules by going after John Wick, Adrian Palicki, you know, uh, right. Perkins going after him, setting up the rules. Right. It keeps on building. The cool keeps building. The rules keep building. Uh, side note, I yeah. just want to add fun fact. I realized that indirectly John Wick is responsible for getting me into my middle age uh, bourbon phase now. And it was specific. <laughs> so I, I thought of the connections here. I was watching this uh, recently, one of the rewatches, and I saw him drink the Blantons. And I, the bottle, you know, I've never really been a huge bourbon guy. Um, but I looked at the bottle. I was like, that looks really cool. What is it? So I looked it up, you know. And then I noticed, like, the day after this, this is just how our phones, like, know us and spy yes, on us and yes, all the time. Yes. Uh, on my TikTok feed, I started getting a lot of bourbon, uh, like talks and reviews yep. and stuff. And it was that that got me like, Ooh, you know what? I think uh, uh, you watch enough TikToks or something and you become a, I'm a, this guy now So uh-huh. that got me into like, I'm a bourbon guy now. And I realized, and I was trying to think, I'm like, why did I start getting all this bourbon stuff? in My TikTok feed. And it was because I was looking up Blanton's yep. because I was watching John Wick. So John Wick made me a bourbon guy. Well, go. I'm, I'm, this is you. You, you've entered a world of pain, um, and we, we've got lots of exploring to do. Yes. Um, I, I, I may be one of the better people to talk to this about. Yes. Uh, I, I'm a spirits judge. I have my WSCT level two spirit cert, nice. and I am uh, tied into this whole thing pretty good. So we got some, we got some good stuff to taste. Excellent. I cannot wait. Um, not to sidetrack us. Yeah. I know you were. So, yeah, let's, I mean, let's, let's, let's burn through the rest because really from there on out, it's pretty clean. Yep. Right? You know, he's going, he destroys the empire, burns all the evidence. Yep. Um, you know, and then we get the scene, you know, regardless of the, you know, the villain, you know, the, you know, the bad guy over, over talking and all that stuff, we get the classic, we get the super classic John Wick scene. You know, we played the I'm back clip. But we're gonna play it again. Of course. No, yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. But before that, what we get is his little soliloquy, you know, you know, when he got the dog. In that moment I received a semblance of hope. Oh, yes. Your son took that from me, stole that from me, killed that from me. <laughs> and he's just like screaming out like agony like the whole time. And he's tied up and he's gonna get killed, and he's still like like in every fiber of his being knows he's going to kill everybody. Right. Have you ever heard like a better like reason for revenge that what he says is the dog was like uh, to grieve on alone. Like, yeah. That was oh, so yeah. moving and beautiful. It like, was. It's he, a really well written movie. Yeah. He doesn't talk a lot, but when he talks like it hits you and it shows oh, Keanu, yeah. like physically awesome actor, of course, but you know, he, he could deliver a line, you know, with the right yeah. role. So you yeah. feel his pain. Like you, 100%. as I said, from that little, the intro, the little action movie up, scene yeah dude like throughout it he you buy into his pain every step of the way and you feel like there is not a moment uh that i think again with the carnage that happens and the number of people that he kills like you are never disconnected from him like it oh 
You know, and he, and it's Keanu. He sells that, right? Yes, like totally. He absolutely. I, that you know, there's other. I mean, stuff, yeah. you mentioned Shooter. I enjoy Shooter, but I mean, yeah, they kill they kill the dog in that movie. And it's it, a mediocre movie from yeah, top right. to bottom. Best. This is, and it's not like in in Shooter. I never feel like I'm like, oh, that freaking sucks. But I don't feel like, oh, I love you, Mark Wahlberg, because <laughs> like no one's you know he makes ever. like a funny line of that. He's like, sir, they killed my dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, that's kind of funny, but yeah. not in the way that, like, Keanu sells this. You're like, God so hard. Well, yeah. and then, like I said, everything from there on out is just, like, you get all Well, that's everybody. what I was saying before. No, go for it. Yeah, go. Oh, he's crashed. Oh, I was saying before, like, it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's catharsis. Like, yeah. it's yep. this movie you want, you, you want revenge you're not you're not a spectator just being like oh shit's going down here we go like you're like no he's got it he's got to do it you almost feel like you 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 see his obligation for this like you see like yeah like you know here we are like i it makes sense like there's and and when you're like okay the job's done when these shoots reek in that head i was like okay job's done like it was almost like this is what you gotta do yeah. And once you get it done, you're like, okay, the job is done. It's such a, it, it, it's almost like it's not entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you buy in so much, you, you, you're on the journey with this character and you never really stop to think about the fact that, you know, how many human lives is a dog, li- dog's life worth? You There's never no, ask that question right, during right. the movie. As far as I'm you never do. Wait a you second. Never do. You're like, fuck them all up. Wait a second. Go ahead. What do you say? Enough. Enough. Yeah, there. That's the, exactly as many as it was. Was enough. Um, <laughs> and I, I think. I think the other thing is like every, from there on out, everybody gets their moment of cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, Wick gets the cool of burning the empire down. You know. Um, you know, Defoe gets his you know Pyrrhic ending, yes. where he's you know attacking everybody. Um, like I'll go out my way. Yeah, Ian McShane gets the like you broke the rules of Continental and everybody firing squad kills. Well, yeah, then I love Perkins. Like, Charlie when he comes the the body guy yep. just like the tip of the head. I'm like that guy's so creepy. Oh, and that's and David. Cool. That's David Patrick Kelly. Like where do I know from, him from? from I... Warriors. Oh. Warriors come out and play. Yeah, yes. oh, he's God. been in every right. genre that's movie. Right. Yeah, from yeah. from the eighties. Like that's awesome. He's like a genre. That's like... Sully. He's Sully. Remember <laughs> how I said I? Oh, 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 stop. <laughs> so remember I said I'd kill you last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lied. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Yeah, there well, we are. Yeah, so like everybody gets their scene. He like, survived that fall, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody gets their little scene. You know, you get the a little bit drawn out final fight. Mm-hmm. Like. I'd say that's like my least favorite scene mm-hmm. because it's like after everything, but he's also been beaten down. They show Wick actually having damage through that the movie. Too, yeah. Like I, the damage they they've really they really built it up too. Yeah. In this one where like it's aggregate damage over the movie. It doesn't slow down. And another magic well, trick like, of the movie, the directors say, uh Keanu Reeves looks really good wounded. So I totally agree with that. He looks so cool when he's beat up. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Other actors, you know, they wouldn't want their, you know, a scar on their face or this, you know, big scar on their you know, wound on their nose. Like he's just like Put it all on me, like it just grounds it more, it grounds the character more. It's, it's so well, and well that's, done. That's something too. So I totally skipped over that when we were talking about the beginning. So we get that scene at the beginning of the movie with you know the car crashes into the bill or this you know the truck crashes yeah. into the building. He comes out, he's bleeding, and then he watches this video of his wife, and it like it's enough for us there to like, 
oh, blood and hurt and, like, something bad happened, that then when it now, you know, we rewind and get this quiet moment, it's enough, like, okay, I know this is coming, so I can have patience when I get these quiet moments, you know, and then everything that we talked about sells from there. But it's like that taste. And then when it comes back at the end there, it's almost like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. Like Right. So... I think I think we we've we've gotten to the end because the end the end's the end. Um, I'd say the weakest part of the movie was the was the end. But we you know he gets a new dog at the at the at the kennel. Mm-hmm. Awesome! You get the new dog. You know he staples himself shut, which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, but I think what I want to leave with before we before we finish out, um, there's lines in this that were so well written that echo through the rest of the series. And I'm I'm gonna do it now. So if we if we do the next, we'll tie back to it. Please let's do the next. L- oh, we have to lying to yourself that your past had no bearing on your future was a line that was said in this movie. Yes, <laughs> and it's so again the ties and so well written. We'll leave it there. Yep. And then there's a line. I'm gonna paraphrase it because I want to use the words I want to use. <laughs> you can give me the sequel or stand bored beside me. <laughs> so I I'm so ready to do the sequel. This, like I said, this is one of my, one of my absolute favorite movies. Um, Same. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to rank. We're not going to go through all the rankings. We're not going to go through everything else, but I do have to say it's plausible that one of the other ones is more one of my favorites than this Ooh, one. So we're, we're so, going to, we're going to leave that. We're going to tip that for another time, but we, yeah, we got to do we got to do all four. We got This we, is we're in for a penny, out for a pound. This is just it's so tremendous and it gets wider and wackier and so much fun. Oh, so I'm I'm excited to do the sequels with you guys. Yes, please. Uh this is a blast. I mean, thanks so much for coming to the studio. This is Oh great. yeah. And this uh, you know, there's an open there's a an open thread left over. He gets the dog. He does not get his car back. No. That's that's left. So that's yeah. something we'll come back to. Yeah. But one Definitely. thing I do want to come back to is uh, our professor here mentioned the the extraordinary wackiness of reality and how wild actual science is over pseudoscience. So I'm hoping the doctor can give us some of that super science. So I'm going to take an opportunity to talk about dogs. Yes. Because unless we review Hong Kong Fooey, I can't really <laughs> think of a circumstance where we'd use dogs. Wait, and you haven't dog- already? <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting side note. You know the the um the African American guy in the shining who gets axed? Yeah. Scatman Scatman Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Bam! He's he's the voice of Hong Kong Fui. So I, oh, I, I just know. That that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so <laughs> I figured I'd talk about what is a dog. Now, Does everyone, Hong Kong Fui everyone... also have a giant picture of a dog, like sitting seductively over his bed? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bitch. He's got a bitch. <laughs> that's, that's where my head went. All right, science, science. Bitch as in female dog. Okay, anyway, so science segment. What is a dog? Like, what is a dog? Where did dogs come from? Because as far as domesticated animals are concerned, I think the dog is the most interesting thing. Um, So let's, so most domesticated animals 
are domesticated by you catch them and you breed them until they become more and more and more domesticated. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happened with the dog. The dog is is an amazing story. So I think let's use this opportunity to talk about what is a dog. A dog is a man-made animal. Dogs are, well, first of all, technically a dog is the same species as a wolf, uh, particularly the gray wolf. So any dog you have, if it doesn't get killed by it, could breed with a wolf and make offspring. That's one of the ways we define a species. So dogs are wolves and they came from wolves. So like the argument is, did they descend from the gray wolf as we know it today? or a slight offshoot. They think it's a slight offshoot, but they're close enough. Technically, they're still the same species. Um, and you even get interbreeding back and forth with wolves over the course of the dog. But when did the dog start to separate from its, its wolf progenitors? A long, long time ago, before the last ice age. That's how old dogs are. So the old, so the old, they're older than farming. So all the animals that you get domesticated from farming, like pigs and cows and sheep and all that stuff, none of those stuff existed. No one was farming. It's actually the late Pleistocene. So we're barely human, right? Um, <clears throat> so like the first dogs they think uh, were actually from wolves from Siberia. So they think it had a Eurasian origin. So what happened was the first dogs came from wolves from like a Siberia Asian area, but they're not 100% sure. The way that they've done it is they use genetics to see how which modern wolf populations they're most close to, uh, you know, they're most closely related to. They also compare them to fossils because recent fossils still have DNA in them. So they're not 100% sure. The oldest, the oldest, we'll call it, protodog is the alta dog which is found in siberia and it's 33 um years old Ooh. so very 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 old it's crazy okay and, and it's hard to tell like when dogs became domesticated because just because you know it's a wolf and it's around that time how much was it associated with people and the reason it's difficult is because we did not domesticate dogs. Dogs domesticated themselves. Really? Okay, so what okay. Yes. So so we didn't like round up a bunch of wolves, put them in a pen, start to tame them and breed the most friendly I think ones. That's like the story do, I've heard. So this is interesting. We do that with yeah. foxes right now. We do that with lots of other That's yeah. not how it works. We do it they poorly with... with foxes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah, they, I'm they still piss everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sounds like so, our so, college year, Stam. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, the pathway is something called the commensal path, or the commensalist pathway. So, what a commensalist is is where you have two species. One species benefits from the other species, and the other species doesn't care. And that's what we think started it. What happened is humans were going around hunting and killing big game and leaving bones out and stuff like that. And we think that wolves that were a bit less, you know, um, scared, a bit less timid, started to follow people around. And so what happened is as people were nomadic and they traveled around and they kill things, the wolves would follow. And they started doing this more and more and more for thousands of years. 
And it wasn't until, you know, within the past, like, 15,000 years, so still a long time, in the past 15,000 years, that you actually started showing changes. And what happens is uh, there's a dog in Germany. It's called the Bonn uh, Oberkastle dog, which is, uh, like, I think it's about... 15,000 years old it actually looks like a dog and it was buried with its owners and not only that the dog had died from canine distemper and there's no way it could have stayed alive for as long as it did without people taking care of it so by 15,000 years ago the dog was a dog but before that dogs were just kind of hanging out with us but eventually what happened is we started to hang out with them and then we started to incorporate them in our hunting right and there's actually like eight thousand year old drawings eight thousand year old drawings of people hunting with dogs so that this is a long 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 prehistoric and i mean very prehistoric process Arguably, the story of the dog is as old as the story of humans in Eurasia, right? That's so really what, cool, so, man. Yeah. So what happened, like, just real quick, what happened to the dog is the first dogs clearly looked like wolves because they were wolves. Mm. So um, they didn't show any physical changes. So the first thing that changed was the genome. What happened is when dogs were following humans, they were able to, to get more meat from the carcasses and more fat so they could process more lipids then when they started hanging out with humans later on and humans started harvesting grains they'd be able to process starch so the modern dog can process both fat and starch better than a wolf a wolf can't process them as well wolf's diet's more protein Mm -hmm. right also dogs have improved learning and memory to follow commands right right they also were friendlier than a wolf a wolf (laughs) is a very independent very, I don't want to say disobedient, it's a little unfair, but I guess disobedient animal. If you had a wolf right, if I had a wolf in here, the wolf's not going to attack me. I'm bigger than a typical wolf. But if I put a piece of meat on the floor, the wolf's going to pick it up, no matter how much I yell and scream at it. It's going to be like, no, I want this. But a dog, or at least a well-behaved dog, will wait, right? And one of the reasons to do that is because actually the receptors for lots of, um, Lots of uh, neurotransmitters and hormones were changed. Their adrenaline receptors were changed. Their oxytocin receptors were changed, which makes them less agitatable and more friendly. And they connect and they listen more. And then they started to evolve um, behavioral responses. So a dog instinctively knows to make eye contact with a person. Most animals, when you make eye contact with a, with a, with them, they see there's a threat, but they're cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, point dogs don't need to be taught to look a certain direction when you point they just know because they evolved it they co-evolved with us it's incredible yeah and then what happened is you started getting the physical what's called domestication syndrome where you start to get the short face the floppy ears the smaller size and then you start to get a dog now we didn't selectively breed any of that stuff they did it themselves simply by being around us for tens of thousands of years. That is amazing. And most of the and most of the modern dogs you have now, like a dachshund or a golden retriever or any of those things, those things are like two hundred years old. Those really? selectively oh artificially God. selected dog breeds are mostly modern. Two hundred and fifty years ago, there was no Labrador retriever. It didn't wow. exist. It didn't exist. That yeah. Recent? Wow. So 
So dogs, so man's best friend, the dog, is not a consequence of us shoehorning a predator into our lifestyle. This, it is a product of tens of thousands of years of evolution. So the dog has earned its place in my opinion. Oh, I love this. Oh, uh, well, um, I need to end this like immediately because I need to now go home and pet my dog and <laughs> give him lots of hugs because I like, right. It makes, uh, it's just, that's such a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that with us, Tom. See again, actual history and science that's is my favorite science more. segment, Tom. That was awesome. That wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to, I think I may have, uh, heard, uh, you maybe promise us that uh, if we continue on, when we continue on in this series, we will get more science facts about dogs. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to do it all on dogs. Although I did give a request to do on the psychology of revenge. Yeah, I would like that. Ooh, that, that would be request. fun. All right. Yeah, got, the psychology well, you know, of revenge. It seems we now have I'm four movies. To see, to... Yes, I'm. I'm interested to see how much chimps want to get revenge because chimps <laughs> are. Bastards, and by the way, they're our closest relatives. Which yeah, sounds I'm sure right. I'm sure that's not that's not a uh, <laughs> it's not an accident. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Well, I think that's a wonderful note for us to end this on. Uh, again, guys, it's great that we're back. What do you say? Now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah, we're back, and we are definitely going to come back with more John Wick uh, with our buddy here. Uh, Chris Lindstrom, Chris Stromy, again, thank you so much for hosting thank us you. here in so this much beautiful fun. studio. This yeah. is so awesome. Uh, and again, guys, thanks for coming back. And uh, yeah, we're excited to get this train rolling again. I mean, these movies. Uh, it's a great th- restart. Yes. It is. It is. Yeah. And what could get you more fired up than John Wick? I don't, I don't know. So as we close, just for everybody, we're killing strangers so we don't kill the ones that we love. <laughs> yes. And definitely check out our partner shows on uh, the Lunchador Podcast Network, uh, Food About Town. Um, hit us up again. Yeah, Food What's About the new one with you and Matt again? Uh, our, our lost ninja right now, yeah. Matt. Yes. Food About Town, we have uh, Just Can't Not that's just starting. We've recorded our first official interview episode with the guys from Behind the Glass yes. uh, podcast. We also have Behind the Glass podcast going on. We have uh, Level Up Coffee podcast. Uh, we've got, obviously, Punches and Popcorn. We have yes. even more shows coming on the network. Anomaly Presents. Uh, new shows joining soon, so stay tuned for exciting news about how to support directly all the shows on Lunchador. You can, you'll be able to subscribe to your own shows on the network. So we've got really exciting stuff coming down the pike. Um, and thanks so much for coming over, guys. This yeah, has this been. Is awesome. And wait, wait, I even have the outro. Assuming I can pause the music. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you check us out on our socials, uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's at Punches and Popcorn. And you can also reach us if you have any thoughts about this, John Wick, or how much you love dogs. Reach us at punchesandpopcorn at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So, again, this has been great. Can't wait to do this again real soon. This has been a presentation of the Lunchador Podcast Network.